0: And welcome to episode 77 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to realize how fluid a top 100 list really is. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about the top 100 games on Board Game Geek. First, we discuss games we've been playing or not playing recently. Then we talk about how much the Board Game Geek Top 100 list has changed since we released our Shame episode back in 2016. Spoiler alert,
1: it has changed a lot. And now, here are your hosts, Ambi and Crystal. Recently, I got to play 1828, which is a new 18xx game, it came out in 2018, designed by JC Lawrence, and it's self published. Um, it's also available for print and play, so it's not really published. And distributed, but if you want to play it, you can print and play it. I think the files are available on BoardGameGeek. So 1828 is three to five players. We played it at five players, and it takes 210 to 420 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it says on BGG. We played for four hours and then called it. It probably would have uh, lasted a couple more hours, so it probably would have been a six-hour game in our game. But we played to the middle of the six trains, and it was. Like, already 1am and we were tired. This was at BatCon, the convention, so we started, like, really late and then we were all tired. So we called it and we had already played a bunch of it and had fun and seen, like, what it had to offer, so we were fine just stopping the game then and going to sleep. <laughs> Which is a
0: good, you know what? That's a a good note to make is that it yeah. is okay to not finish a game yeah. sometimes. And I know like, I think we tend to, as gamers sometimes be like, no, we have to finish. We have to start. <laughs> we we started this. So we, and no, it's fine. If everybody's cool yeah. with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that that's an important thing, especially in 18xx games, because they tend to be long. So it's it's good to be able to call them. So, there are a lot of interesting things in 1828. It's The map is like the same location as 1830, so it's the eastern United States, and it's around the same time period too. It's, I guess, two years before <laughs> 1828 and 1830. But um, so so like some of the corporations and like the map looks very similar because if you've played 1830, but it plays very differently. There are a lot of interesting things, but I'll just talk about a couple of the things that we did. So one thing that's really cool is you can merge two companies together and they make a system. So there's two separate companies, but it counts as one. And what's cool about this in 1828 is that if you have a system, they each can hold trains and they don't have to like they have to have at least one train combined but you can pretend that like one half of the system doesn't have trains and you can force purchase a train. Whereas usually you can't force purchase a train unless you have no trains. And so like you can get a new train even if you don't have enough money to get it and you can pay your own money even if the company doesn't have enough money, which is a great way to get a train that you want to get even if you usually wouldn't be able to get it. So that's like really powerful and exciting. Um, We didn't actually get to that part yet, because we called it, but we were about to be forced purchasing some trains. Another cool thing is that there's a, the stock market is very vertical. And at the bottom left, it's a gray part. And if you get in there, then the, the president can own 100% of their stock. So that can be really cool. We didn't do that either. <laughs> 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 Actually, like... Um, has all these cool things. We didn't quite do any of yeah. them. But <laughs> well, well, one of our friends was able to get own 80% of his company. Okay. Which is, is really good. Then another thing is that there's three plus D trains, which are three trains, but then they have unlimited, they they have three like major stops, but then unlimited of the little towns. So if you have a a route that you've built out that have a lot of little towns in it, usually in other games, those count as a number, but here you can't count that as unlimited. So you can get a lot of money with those. So I, I was able to do that with some of the companies I've started and, oh, the last really cool thing is when you start a company, there's a par price that you have to start it at. And in 1828, the one of the par prices, 67, is on the bottom of the stock market. So usually when you sell stock, it goes down. But if it's at the bottom, it won't go down at all. So what you can do in this one, they call it a float storm. You can start up a company, which is called floating a company, and then sell down a bunch of the shares. It doesn't lose value because it's already at the bottom of the stock market, And then start up a new company. So you can just start up a bunch of companies at once if you have, like, a little bit more money and and just keep selling and then start up a new one. So you just have a bunch of new companies that you're controlling. So I tried to do this, but I only had enough money to start up two companies. So we called it a float drizzle instead of a float storm. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I was able to, like, make really cool routes with those two companies. And that, that was a lot of fun. So there was a lot of interesting things going on in 1828. Uh, and it's something that I would definitely want to play again. But it's a longer 18xx game. Because a lot of the ones I've talked about before, we usually play in like three to four hours. Um, but this one's more of a four to six hour or maybe six hour game. So I guess it's similar in length to 1880, which we used to play. But it's tough to play on like a weeknight. It's more of a weekend game. So That's 1828. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I hope you get to try it out again soon
0: and get to see all the cool stuff that you didn't get to see. (laughs) Yeah. So for my recently played game, I actually don't have anything, (laughs) which is kind of a bummer, but also it's kind of okay. So my personal life has been really hectic and busy recently, and I also was sick a little bit, and Mm. I have been traveling some, and there's just been a whole bunch of things Also, technically, Star Trek Discovery airs on the same night as my regular (laughs) board game meetup. (laughs) That is not the entire reason, but I will admit I have left board game night early a couple of times. Because, like, the episode releases at, like, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, and my board game night officially starts at 6pm. And Mm. so I usually try and be there right after work around 530. So there are usually like at least two or three hours where the episode is available and I'm not watching it. And that makes it really hard for me. But now the season has ended. So I won't have that problem anymore. (laughs) Regardless, so I've been to game night a few times, but I haven't gotten to play a lot of new stuff recently. Um, which has kind of been okay. I've been playing some, like, lighter games that are quicker favorites of mine. Um, I got to play Push, which is that uh, Push Your Luck game that I got mm. from BGG Con. I've played some Catch the Moon. So lighter stuff that I really enjoy, but stuff that you all have heard me talk about, so I don't really need to discuss them further here. Um, but I kind of just wanted to let you all know that, you know, we don't always get to play new games every single week and that that's okay, (laughs) but it's, What does suck is there's some things that I've desperately been wanting to play that I haven't gotten around to yet, especially recently because my game nights have been shorter and I haven't played as much on the weekends. Kind of like you were saying, I haven't gotten to play longer games much recently, and I've been itching to play some longer (laughs) games. I was recently talking to someone that I desperately want to get Runebound back to the table Mm. because I haven't played it in a while, and uh, you and I are going to be working on our top 100 lists in probably the near-ish future and uh, I need to make sure that Runebound is still up at the top which or near the top and it probably is because I love it. I want to play Wingspan more which one of my friends uh, in my game group owns it and I told him I was like anytime you have space in your game bag please just put it in there. (laughs) Just bring it anytime you can. Time Stories Madame actually I think just released in the States. I know so Ambie's making a face. (laughs) I just heard about this a few days ago that It wasn't very, like, released. It wasn't talked about a lot. But, like, the release day, I think, might have been the 19th. I don't know. I have not seen it in the wild yet. So I don't know if this has happened. But it's the last scenario for the White Box Time Stories series. And my group that I've been playing Time Stories with since twenty. what year did Time Stories release? 2015? Uh, 2015, yeah. 2015. Wow. We've been playing together since it started in 2015. Mm-hmm. We want to get together and play this last one. So I'm excited about that. I bought the Fog of Love expansions like a couple months ago, and I haven't been able to get play those. And then the other big one for me, I don't own it yet, but I have heard nothing but good things about Betrayal Legacy. Uh, everyone is raving that this might be one of the best Legacy games But when I say everyone, it isn't everyone. Like, here's what's weird is there isn't a lot of buzz about this game, but everyone who is talking about it says it's amazing. And that is confusing to me. But I loved Betrayal at House on the Hill. I've always loved it, even if it's kind of broken and makes me mad (laughs) sometimes. So I really want to play Betrayal Legacy, but I need a dedicated group to do that. I think what I might actually try and do is set up like a really long full game day with like two or three other people or I don't know how many I need for Betrayal Legacy and see if people would be willing to try and barrel through the whole thing kind of all at once or at least,
1: yeah. Do you think you could do the whole thing in one day? I am not 100% sure, but
0: I imagine maybe we could get through most of it. Mm -hmm. And I've never done that with any of the Legacy games. I know some people have, but I've never done that. So I think it would be fun to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are some things that are kind of on my want to do (laughs) soon list. But yeah, I, I have a bunch of games that I've bought that I still haven't gotten to. I've, 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 I need to stop buying games. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even own that many compared to a lot of people. But you know what? Uh, I think sometimes we all get caught up in the hype of mm. games. And uh, I'll let that segue us into <laughs> our other discussion. So as I alluded to in my segue just now, we are going to be discussing the top 100 games on Board Game Geek, but not in general. Uh, We are going to kind of revisit a discussion that we had nearly two and a half years ago. Actually, it might be more than two and a half years ago at this point. Uh, It was September of 2016, episode 11 of our podcast. Oh my gosh, we we were near babies of podcasting at this point. Uh, the episode was called For Shame, and Ambie and Cassidy and I all talked about games that were either in the top 100 or near the top 100 of Board Game Geek that we had never played before. And of mm. course, we were making Game of Thrones jokes with the shame bell <laughs> and the woman yelling shame, shame. And yeah. now that Game of Thrones is back on the air, this all seems very relevant. <laughs> we're tying yes. it all together. I don't know if you want to throw the shame lady back in here again, uh, just for like... <laughs> Too much worse. Also, how was that two and a half years ago that that happened on Game of Thrones? Yeah, everything. I know it's been forever since Game of Thrones was even on the air. But so we wanted to talk about A, I think I've kind of revisited how I feel about shame in gaming. I think when we were new to the podcast, we still kind of had that mindset of it is potentially something to be ashamed of if you haven't played certain games. And we we did handle that episode kind of tongue in cheek. We weren't, you know, obviously <laughs> yeah. we weren't genuinely upset, but I think at this point I care even less than I did back then about the games that I haven't played that are popular. What would you yeah. what do you say?
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Um I think I was already at the point where I was starting to care less about the top one hundred and then now it's like I don't I don't even look at the top 100 that often so it, it's uh, yeah I don't that a lot of the games on there that I haven't played I like don't really want to play or like there's no desire for me to have to play it so I, I probably won't get to play it. Honestly,
0: <laughs> it, with some of them, it's kind of surprising how some of them have stayed on mm-hmm. the top hundred. You know, obviously, there's a lot of algorithmic things going on yeah. based on ratings and number of plays and other things, I think, to make the top 100. But I used the internet's Wayback Machine to look at what Board Game Geek's top 100 looked like in September of 2016 and what it looks like today. And today, there are 32 games on the list that were not on the list in 2016. So, Nearly yeah. a third of the list has churned over in just two and a half years. And I think what I'm realizing is, while it's nice to have a resource to go to and say, oh, these are the best board games, it, that doesn't actually seem to be that accurate. It seems like mm-hmm. these are this is more a list of the hot board games. Well, but that's not true either, because some of these games are old. It's yeah. like a weird combination of... What's been popular for a long time and what's hot right now?
1: Yeah, because I think also the way the ratings work, like, I haven't updated my ratings in a long time. (laughs) So a lot of times I don't re-rate games that I've played, like, from a long time ago. I rated them and then haven't really gone back to re-rate them. So I, I probably should do that at some point. But I get lazy of (laughs) doing that. But but I'm sure a lot of people are like that too.
0: (laughs) There's a a member of our board game geek guild every month um, puts up a list of the top games like as rated oh. by people in the board game blitz yeah. Guild, and so I, I've been do, trying to do a better job of rating games for that purpose specifically. Yeah. Also, if you're not in our Board Game Geek Guild, go join our guild, because then we'll have more people to for the ratings algorithm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I keep thinking like, oh, I should rate games, and then I don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm sure there are plenty of people like me who are like that, and then so their ratings, that probably helps with some of the older games, like, staying up around. in the ratings, and then New games get up there because new people are coming into the hobby, discovering Board Game Geek, rating the games that they're playing, and those people will probably be drawn towards the newer games too. So like a lot more people are rating those new games, so they'll shoot up, I think.
0: I uh, I found that I don't remember which listing it is specifically, but if I go to Board Game Geek and I get it to uh, list my recent plays that I've tracked, mm-hmm. then it's easy to rate those because mm-hmm. I can just click the little box next to all of the ones like mm-hmm. in my recent plays list. So i am able to do it quickly that way. If that if it weren't that quick, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, specifically in the top ten on Board Game Geek, mm-hmm. um, we had talked about that there were a bunch of games that we hadn't played back in twenty sixteen, and that is still the case for me in 2019
1: (laughs) looking at the 10 now um, okay back then I still hadn't played the new through the ages and I still haven't but I have no desire to (laughs) I mean I
0: currently I have played two of the top 10 games that are currently on Game Geek which is kind of crazy Uh, those (laughs) those two so as of this recording Twilight Imperium 4th edition is number Mm. 10 Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I've played that, and I've played Pandemic Legacy Season 1, which is number two. Mm-hmm. It was number one when we recorded our episode back in 2016. Yeah. And it has been uh, surpassed by Gloomhaven, which I own, as we all know, <laughs> and still have not played. Someday. Someday! Did I? Yeah. I don't remember if I made the joke here. Did I make the joke that I was going to do a live stream of me punching and sorting that game? On here. I, I don't remember when you said that. I thought about on the Dice Towers YouTube channel doing a live stream of me opening the box, punching out all of the components, sorting everything, building the insert that I already have purchased, building the insert, and then putting it all back in the box. It will take me literal hours to do, and it will be the most boring stream ever. Uh, I wonder if anyone would watch.
1: It could be like a relaxing stream for some people to
0: watch. Maybe. Like, I could do it uh, ASMR style, like punch out the the chits right next to a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: But yeah, so of the top ten now, I think I have played seven of them. Um, Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah, because I've played Gloomhaven, Pandemic Legacy, Terraforming Mars, Twilight Struggle, Scythe, Great Western Trail, and Twilight Imperium, fourth edition. But yeah. I have not played Gaia Project. What I've heard is like Terra Mystica.
0: Yeah, um, and we talked about Terra Mystica yeah. in our shame episode, is something that I said I was kind of curious about, but honestly, at this point, it feels like that's never going to happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm not very curious about Gaia Project. Um, I haven't played Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, I good.
0: own that one also.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> so, okay, but this, okay, here's
0: the deal though with this one specifically the board game cafe that was near my house that closed like a year ago, when they closed, Uh, Those of us that had uh, memberships, the owner didn't want us to just like lose our money completely. And so instead of selling all of the games that were in the library, they let some of us members take some of the games from the library as kind of like in return for our membership fees. And so one of the games that I picked was uh, Star Wars Rebellion because Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I like Star Wars. Everyone says it's good. It's great, whatever. And uh, the owner even got me the expansion as well. Wow. The the Rogue One expansion. So I have all of that, and I do want to play it. I need... It's two players. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if that's a game Rob would enjoy. Maybe Mm -hmm. he would. I don't know. I could see if he want to... He's he's usually not as big a fan of longer games. He tends to get kind of, like... Not bored, per se, but just, like,
1: antsy. I don't know. Yeah, so... I would like to play it at some point, maybe, but but yeah, with a two-player longer game, we don't really play two-player longer games because when we're playing a longer game, it's usually with more people, so it would probably be hard to get that played.
0: So theoretically, if if I were to fly to San Francisco (laughs) on a Saturday morning and stay through like Sunday afternoon, maybe we could play Star Wars Rebellion. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. It would be a nice little weekend trip to come up and Mm -hmm. visit you. And we always talk about doing that and then never do because life and things. Life is tough. It is. (laughs) So the three of us back in Mm -hmm. the day had not played a bunch of games that were either really popular or kind of revered in the hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were six that we named specifically for all three of us. And those were Acquire, Eclipse, Forbidden Stars, El Grande, Arcadia Quest, and Shadows Over Camelot. Um, and I believe, Ambi, you've said, how many of those have you played still? None. <laughs> hey, there you go. Uh, and I was actually surprised to realize that I've played three of those six now. And I, I don't think I did that specifically because of that episode. I think one of them maybe. I think El Grande I played as a result of that episode. Um, I think a friend brought it out at a con and was like, hey, you said you had never played this, do you want to? And also, fun fact, I own the big box of El Grande now and have never played my own (laughs) copy of it. Wow, speaking of, now I actually do feel a little bit shameful as a result of this episode. But, okay, in my defense, I got El Grande through the same method at the board game cafe because it was on the shelf and I knew and I had played it the one time and it was fun but I've never played my copy. We should do an episode on big boxes because <laughs> I've started to realize that big boxes are not what all they're cracked up to be. But that's for another episode. <laughs> Arcadia Quest, I've played and loved. I actually played an, the entire base game campaign of Arcadia Quest after we recorded that episode at some point and loved it. And I would like to play more Arcadia Quest in the future. And then, yeah, I played Shadows Over Camelot and it was fine. Oh, <laughs> one that i actually want to try (laughs) it's not bad i i think as like hidden trader games go Mm -hmm. it's just not my fave i i think there are a lot of other hidden trader games that do it better so it wasn't bad by any means but it just like i have no inclination to play it again Mm -hmm. but if somebody was like desperate like if that was their favorite game and they wanted to play with me i'd play it it's
1: fine okay there was another one that both you and i had not played but cassidy had and that was lords of waterdeep And we were mentioning in the podcast that we should play it at MeepleCon that year, or the next year, and we did. (laughs) We totally did. We played it at MeepleCon in
0: 2017.
1: So we actually played one of the games we said we were going to.
0: Have you played Lords of Waterdeep since then? No. Me neither. (laughs) But I (laughs) I liked it.
1: Oh yeah, I did (laughs) too.
0: Honestly, I think I'm realizing more and more that there are a lot of games that I like. Yeah. That, that I don't need to play. Yeah, which because is a, there's so many games. There's too many. <laughs> there's not too many. I, I'm glad that there's so many games. But yeah. like I literally was looking at my shelf today trying to figure out what I could talk about for recently played. And I, I considered doing a not recently played segment where I was going to talk about something like Biblios where I played it with friends, liked it, saw it on sale and bought it. And then have never played or I think I've only played my own copy like once. And I like Biblios. There's nothing about it that I don't like per se. But I'm not inclined to pull it off the shelf, and I don't Mm -hmm. quite know why. All right, I'm I'm getting us off topic. (laughs) So, yeah, um, basically, I said there are 32 new games on the BGG Top 100 now, and a majority of those games are games that have released since that episode aired. So, Mm -hmm. a lot of the new games are actually games that did not exist you know, when the top 100 existed in 2016. Although there are a number of 2015 games that I imagine were kind of in the midst of climbing the rankings and just hadn't gotten up to the top 100 yet. So things like Kingdom Death Monster, The Gallerist, Forbidden Stars, which we mentioned. It was funny, I thought it was in the top 100, but it was actually 108 uh, in September of 2016. But now it is 83. So... Apparently, we predicted its rise a little bit,
1: maybe. (laughs) Because of our
0: podcast. Right? Uh, Raiders of the North Sea also came out in 2015. And that one is interesting to me because I feel like that line of games has become more and more popular as more of them have released. Because I don't remember hearing about Raiders of the North Sea that long ago. like It feels like that was a more recent game than 2015, in my Mm -hmm. mind.
1: But wasn't it, like, nominated for one of the Spiel Awards?
0: Was it? I don't, I don't remember.
1: So I remember playing it at Dice Tower Con on, like, one of the hot games tables or something. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. T- huh. 2017, Kennerspiel Dejars nominee. So, oh, it probably wasn't printed in the U.S. until oh, 2017 probably. or something. Wait, or but like,
0: the Kenner wait, Spiel, wait, Spiel, Kenner Spiel is, is German.
1: Uh, uh, German. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yes. Maybe it was, like, a reprint. Maybe it wasn't available much in 2015. Well, what company so, yeah. prints Raiders of the North Sea? What, what, um. Renegade is the one I recognize. Huh. But yeah, it says it's 2015. But then, yeah, the awards are just 2017 and 2018. So it probably wasn't widely published until yeah it
0: might have been published by a smaller publisher and then picked up by renegade would be my guess and so technically while it released in 2015 it probably did not hit widely until after that point which makes me feel slightly better about the fact that i'm like it doesn't feel like it's that old um but yeah Yeah. that whole series of games which now includes things like architects of Mm -hmm. the west kingdom and there's another architects game and there's another raiders game i think There's a whole bunch of games in this series, and I've heard good things about most of them. I really liked Architects of the West Kingdom a lot.
1: I think the only one I've played in that series is still Raiders of the North Sea, (laughs) but I liked it. (laughs)
0: Uh we gotta we gotta give a shout out to Champions of Midgard, which was also released in 2015. Was not in the top hundred when we did our episode in 2016, and definitely is in the top hundred now. So good job, Grey Fox Games. <laughs> also, Champions of Midgard's only ninety-four. I feel like it should be higher than that. I really love that game.
1: And that is still on my shame list. <laughs>
0: Ooh, that honestly but- that one, I mean, first off, never, we should not feel shame about anything we yes, haven't played. Okay. But that one's real fun. So yeah. I, at some point, I think you would enjoy giving that one a whirl.
1: Yeah. It's one that I keep saying, oh, we should play it sometime. I should play it sometime. And then I just never have gotten around to playing it.
0: I mean, we're technically doing that about a bunch of games. Yes. This whole episode has just been <laughs> us going, man, we really, we, we should
1: play that. Even
0: your recently played. Was... My recently played was things I want to play. That's how, I mean, you know, life gets busy sometimes. And that's yeah. okay. Um, But there are a lot of games that have come onto the top 100 list that I have played, which is kind of neat. Um, Mm -hmm. Things like Seventh Continent, although I still don't understand how that game is so popular, (laughs) but whatever. Uh, Arkham Horror, the card game, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, Mm -hmm. Mechs Mm vs. Minions, Pandemic Legacy Season 2, Azul, Root, Clank. There's a lot of games that uh, have shown up on the top 100 list that I've played. So you know what? That makes me feel a little bit better, even though I shouldn't have to validate my feelings through an arbitrary list. (laughs) It's weird. This actually, it feels like the Board Game Geek Top 100 is kind of reminiscent of the Billboard Hot 100 Songs Mm, mm -hmm. list. You know, like it's like the Billboard Hot 100 is the hottest songs right now. Mm -hmm. And some of those songs will stay hot for a long time and stay on the list for a long time. And they'll still be popular decades from now. And some of those songs will fall into obscurity and no one will even remember that they existed, you know, in five years. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the Board Game Geek list is kind of similar. I don't know. I would love to hear our listeners' thoughts on this. Like, what do you think the Board Game Geek Top 100 best represents? Is it the best games of all time? Is it just the best games as determined by a small subset of hobby gamers? <laughs> Spoiler alert, that's probably the true answer. Uh, but, or, you know, is it the hot games right now? Is it a combination of those things? Uh, I can't really decide, so I'd love to hear your all's thoughts on that.
1: And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Pre-orders are available now for Run, Fight, or Die Reloaded, which is releasing this summer. Gray Fox Games, quality games, cleverly crafted. If you're enjoying the show, you can rate and review us on your podcast provider or consider becoming a patron. For as little as $1 a month, you can unlock access to unedited episodes and our private Slack channel, which lets you chat with us and other Blitzketeers directly. Head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, popular, these games are so popular, we'll teach you the way to play, just join me today, all the ways to score and win, bye everyone, bye, Bye. and that's it for this week's board, (laughs) (laughs) okay, I'm going to drink some water, (laughs) alliteration, alliteration,
0: alliteration, (laughs) <laughs> Last episode, we asked you to retheme a game about traveling down a Japanese road for a natural disaster that's really delicious. Mm. What game was that, Ambi? That was Tasty Tornado Takedo. <laughs> that might be one of my favorites that we've ever done. I don't know why, but that one amuses me greatly. <laughs> All right, so for this week's puzzle, the answer will be three words, all starting with the same letter, and we are asking you to re-theme a dungeon-crawling game for a mythical flying creature that is pretty selfish. Good luck, everyone!